It's the Cake and Polka Parade! It's the Cake and Polka Parade! It's the Cake and Polka Parade! It's the Cake and Polka Parade!
to the Cake and Polka Parade podcast, only on WFMU.org. I'm your very special host, Fatty Jubbo. I played you some wonderful music. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. If you didn't, I'm very sorry, because you possess very terrible taste. Me, Fatty Jebo, I am the supreme judge, judging you. But what did we hear? We started the podcast off with Teenage Jesus and the Jerks. A recent recording where Lydia Lunch's voice is is wonderful. I love how her voice has aged. I think I might like it better than the voice she is usually known for, which I sometimes find to be screechy and harpy. Well, this is screechy and harpy too, but in a a more cartoonish, really angry sort of way. They did The Closet, and that was recorded live at the WFMU Fest at the Music Hall of Williamsburg. In October of 2009, that's a track you can get from the Free Music Archive. And that went into Meltdown, something else from the Free Music Archive. A band from Washington, D.C. from the late 90s. They did Nightbird Nightmare from an album called The Map. After that. A band of ladies tootin' the horns from Montreal, Wonderbrass, with a track called It's Insane from the album Revere. And then Edmund Wells' bass clarinet quartet did The Butcher of Andalusia from Tooth and Claw. And then the delinquents gave us Do You Have a Job for a Girl Like Me? From the Alien Beach Party 7-inch, something you can get from the Killed by Death blog. And then this set ended with Silver Abuse, an old band from Chicago, with a track called We Smile, You Pay, from Live at Misfits, March 1982. You can get that from WFMU's Beware of the Blog. But let's get back into some more music here on the Cake and Polka Parade podcast. With me, your host, Fatty Jebo, only on WFMU.org. Here is some Irene Moon yapping about insects. And out of time for this evening's demonstration. Notice that I have in front of me an enlarged, sclerotized proboscis from the coliferous species complex. Notice its sword-like shape, the erectile barbs, and the pointed tip. After finding an appropriate or preferred host, the moth of the coliferous species complex orients 
its proboscis into an S-like shape over the appropriate crack or fissure in the bovine or oso-elastic human skin. The S-like shape begins to open the crack or fissure in the skin and transforms almost immediately into a left, right, forward, backward, spindle-like movement. This movement increases in rapidity as piercing begins to get underway. Once the skin is broken and the erectile barbs have placed themselves below the surface into the delicate capillary beds, the proboscis performs an in-out movement allowing the erectile barbs to rip the capillary beds creating pools of blood just underneath the surface. The blood feeding laws of the coliferous species complex are pool feeders. They create such wounds so later they can siphon the blood at their leisure. walking around with this for you to view more closely. Dazu nix ein. Geh ich ins Kino oder nein? Ich geh zu Freunden, das wär fein. Meine Freunde, die sind prima. Helft mir spielen, ich bin leer. Heute möchte ich glücklich sein. Dazu gar nichts ein Bin wahrscheinlich noch zu klein 
bei den Freunden will ich sein. Meine Freunde, ihr seid super. Helft mir spielen, bin so leer. Ich bin klein, mein Herz ist rein. Meine Freunde sind so prima. Ich kann ohne sie nicht sein. Meine Freunde
The Cake and Polka Parade Podcast with me, Fatty Jubbo, only on WFMU.org. Second set of music, always the best one. It all started with Irene Moon doing demonstration from Scientifically Speaking. With Irene Moon. And that's yet another wonderful piece of music that you can obtain from the Free Music Archive. And that went into Marjorie Minert doing Valencia from Hi-Fi and Mighty. And after that, Der Plan did Mein Freund from Normalette Surprise. And then Metharythms de l'air did Guillemove et from Phagocyte. And that went into an excerpt from Cecil Taylor. A track called Sir Dab from the Cecil Taylor Unit LP. And then this ended with Arnold Schoenberg doing opus number 23 from a collection of works played by Maurizio Pollini. Bump. Well, I have something special for you right now. Something from WFMU's board of the blog. Maybe it passed you by, unfortunately. But I am here to present it to you because it is something very special. A recording, yet another recording from Bob Purse's wonderful collection of reel-to-reel tapes. This one is, um, this one might be the gold prize, the biggest find, the most... When you're digging through the thrift store looking for reel-to-reel tapes, this is what you always hope to find. And I won't uh, mix it in with anything, because it stands on its own as a um, odd cultural artifact. So here we go. What's your name? Annabelle Jones. <coughs> Annabelle who? Annabelle Jones. Jones? That's right. Where do you live? I live over on the east side. What's your address? Well, now you How long have you lived there? I've been there about 
three months. And you don't know the house number? I can't read, see, and I don't know numbers. And then let me see if I got it anywhere in my bag. That means I had to carry my bag so with me. And while I didn't think to bring it, it you have it there. You, you, you have know, it. You just my, said you my just... daughter give it. My daughter give it when she come out here that night. And she guessed at it and she guessed at it. That's right. You have it somewhere on some of those papers. I do, huh? Well, and you, but you don't know it, huh? It should be. It you... should be on this. But you don't know it. Yourself. I don't know it myself. No, sir, I don't know it. I don't know numbers. You can't read? Can't read. How old are you? I'm 50-something years old. You never learned to read or never learned numbers? Never did learn to read. White people read me, and, and the lady was old and nervous, and she... He, and, and then learning people how to read and write in where, them days. Where were you born? I was born in, in uh, Loman, Alabama. Alabama. Now, what did you do on the bus that was wrong? Hmm? Well... Uh, a man was uh, acting ugly on the bus over on the east side, and, and uh, he did follow me a piece downtown when he got off the bus at Folsom Prospect. Well, I was thinking that he was going to follow me on, and I never did shut my knife up when, when, when I was taking it. You never did what? I had my knife. See, I work nights, Judge. I work at Yoke and Pleasant Valley. Well, I live on the east side. Well, I have to pass uh, three or four miles of alleys, and then it's just dangerous to walk the street. You mean on the east side of the That's alleys? That's right. And then I carry my knife with me for protection. Then I, I, uh... Let me see your knife. Did I didn't have it. His hand this day. Did the police take it away from he you? He taken away from his hand this day. And he then what? I... He taking it in. It's in this day, and I didn't get another one. I see. So, so, uh... He he take his, his uh, private eye, what he should have covered up, and he pull it and skin it back and pull it and skin it back all the way to Prospect downtown. Well, you mean I, on the bus? Sure, he did it on the bus. It wasn't a whole lot of people on the bus, but it was a few people on there, and, and two or three ladies, excusing the men, and I was afraid to go and tell the bus driver because I was afraid that it would, you know, would get the bus driver into it to get him hurt because them Eastside people's uh, killing bus drivers too. And and I I didn't bother the bus driver to take my head and you look at You mean this colored man stayed on the bus, came out here with the bus with you? He didn't come out on Crying Hospital bus, but that's why I got upset and nervous, you see. I was thinking that he was going to follow me on because he did follow me a piece downtown and tell well, I but went. he wasn't on the bus with you he wasn't and, on this crying hospital bus but i was afraid and upset it and thinking that he would have cut this bus i was watching for him at every yes, bus what, stop what did you do why did you cause a disturbance on the bus the man well, wasn't there well you see judge i was uh when i get run or get upset it my back hurts me and i was just walking up and down the aisle i told one of the white ladies i was sick and she said, you want them to stop the bus? And I told her, it, I would be all right. I'm going to get to my job and get me some aspens. And I would be all right. And I was just walking up and down the bus with the knife open. That's why they picked me up. 
Why did you take the knife out? Why I kept the knife open, Judge, because if the man had got on the bus and bugged him... the man didn't get on the bus. He, he didn't did, get on the bus, so there was nobody there to, to be afraid of. He didn't get on the crying hospital bus, but what I'm trying to tell you, I was upset and nervous and afraid that he would have got on the bus. And well, I why didn't you leave your knife where it belonged, not take the knife out on the bus where there's nobody there to threaten you? Well, I just kept the knife with me, you see, so if he happened to get on there, that I could keep him back off of me, you see, but because I was looking at the man, the, the other people wasn't looking at how he was uh, pulling his private and skinning his back and watching me. You see, when he first got on the bus, when he first got on the bus, I was ready on there. He came back to the back seat and you he said, "Was at nine o'clock in the evening." And at night time, I was coming to work. And, and now, just a minute now, let me ask you some questions. Uh, this man, this man was on the bus with you from the east side, is that that's it? That's right, that's right. And uh, at 9 o'clock, how many people were on the bus? On the bus over on the east side? Well, it was about four or five. Just maybe. four or five people? That's right, it wasn't many on there. And he had his privates, he was... He had his privates out. Now, now you let me tell you, because I was, I, I was looking at the man. I had got my... Uh, it was on a Monday night. I had got bought my pass, and I was putting up my little chains and putting my pass away back down on the back seat where I mostly sits all the time. So he got on the bus, and he came back there, and he sit across from me in the front of me so I could look at him. And uh, I was just putting up my chains and, and uh, putting away my things, what I put away when I get on the bus. Then uh, he had his hand laying across his private. And he moved his hand. That was in order miss to make me look. So when I did look at his hand, so I saw a private riding up in his britches. And I'm not a young woman. I'm an old woman. I know what he meant. So I said to myself, I reckon I had better move up to the front. So I moved a piece up, a few benches up to the front. So when I moved, he moved right across from me. And then he taking it out. And then he just come here to pulling it skinning it back and pulling it and skinning it back and rubbing it and I'm looking out the window at him. Well, how could you see if, if you didn't if you're looking out the window, how could you see what he was doing? Well see if you cross from a person close to him, you can see what they're doing. So sure. then what happened? Then he he did that slap until he got the folks and prospect downtown. Well then he taken it and put it back in his riches when he got downtown. Then uh, I wouldn't go the back way to get off the bus. I went and got off at the front, and uh, he got off at the back. Well, I watched him. Then he stepped off of the bus most behind the lady at a drugstore down there at the big clock. And I kept watching to see was it going to follow me. So he eased on up, up to the next jewelry store, but on that same side of the street, and stand behind my pole peeping to see what way did I go and I know he saw me talking to the policeman. See, I notified the policeman downtown. I always notify him when anybody bother me when I'm working, I'm working at nighttime. So they told me and I scribed them to him the best I could how he looked it and they said they would be on the lookout for him. So I saw him rising up looking down that way at me. So when I went on then to uh, the square to catch my bus, then I was afraid all the time. I was watching for him all while I was waiting on my bus. Then after I got on the bus, I didn't ever shut my knife because I didn't know what bus, whether he would catch the bus. I know if he did it on one bus, I figured that he would have did it on another one. If anybody was nervous enough 
to do a thing like that on one bus and I figured that he would do it on another bus and I never did shut my knife. Well, when I got sick, when my back come here to hurt me, that's what made him know I had the knife. I was walking up and down the aisle. With the knife in your hand? I had the knife in my hand, Judge, and the knife was open and that's why they picked me up. You can't do that. Well? You can't do that. You're not allowed to do that in public, to pick up the knife and have it in your hand and walk back and forth. People think you're, who knows what you're going to do next. You're going to cut somebody up. That's not the right thing to do. And that man was not on the bus anymore. He wasn't on that bus, but All I right. didn't know no, where just they... a mi- Never mind. I don't want you to be doing this thing again, do you hear? I understand. Who's Rosetta Moore? That's my daughter. daughter. She got me out that night. Yep. You should be fined $50 in costs and sent to jail. Carrying a knife open in your hand like that and, and walking up and down the, in a bus. It's awful. You're going to pay $10 in costs. I'm not going to put you to jail this time, but if you do it again, you're going to go away for a long time. Take her to the cashier. Yes, ma'am. You have a choice morsel there now. How could I possibly follow that up with anything, any music or anything? We need a little breather before I get back into some jams, some tunes. That, of course, if you were listening previously, that that was from Bob Purse's Catacombs of Reel-to-Reel Tapes. Something he calls pulling on his privates. And you can get that from Beware of the Blog. I'll put a link on the playlist. Oh, a motorcycle's going by. Um, here's Here's some music now on WFMU.org. Cake and Polka Parade, me, Fatty Jubbo. Here you go.
on the Cake and Polka Parade podcast with me, your host, Fatty Jubbo, playing you the most wonderful music. I hope you enjoyed this hour of your life. I hope I did not piss it away. I hope I did not waste your time. Because I know you do such a very good job of that. Yourself. All by yourself. What we're listening to in the background is a track by Bill Talsma from an old CD. Listen, I actually have a CD here today. No MP3s, CDs, these last three tracks. Okay, this is from uh, Lumtronic 2. Picking Boogers and Butter Beats, a... um, electronic music compilation that Lumpen Magazine here in Chicago put out in the late 90s. Before that was the Toy Killers doing The Devil May Be Your Santa Claus from the Unlistenable Years compilation put out by Ugg Explode a couple years ago. And then the, the set, this final last set started with Redeemer. Listen, I'm I'm actually back announcing, going backwards like a like a real DJ this time. We're going back in time, and the first thing that happened in this timeline was Redeemer with uh, what track? Lil Flea. I I feel like Dave Mandel shuffling around my my. CDs here, my media. Okay, that's it. The Cake and Polka Parade podcast on WFMU.org ceases to exist for this period of time. Goodbye. <laughs>